Let's look at the car brand that has cars that can accelerate from 0 to 60 in 2.48 seconds and 0 to 60 in over 10 seconds. Nissan. Let's also look at the luxury brand Nissan brought in spite of Honda making Acura. Infinity. Hello, this is Cars 101. I'm your host, Siddhartha Chandrakar. Let's get started. Let's take a look at Nissan's history. In 1911, Kaishincha Motor Car Works was founded. It was the first Japanese automaker. In 1914, Kaishinsha created its first car, the Dot. What does Dot mean, you may ask? Dot is the first letter of the surnames of the main investors, Kinjiro Den, D, Rokurayoma, A, and Meltsaro Taikechi, T. Over time, the company changed its names a few times, ending up with Dot in 1925. Funny, the model name actually became the brand name. Dot built trucks and passenger cars, however, the trucks were the only ones selling. In 1918, Dot trucks were built for the military market, contributing to World War I efforts. In 1931, Dot came out with a small car called the Datsun Type 11. Now, why did they call the car the Datsun? Well, it was the son of Dot. Now, Datsun was spelled with an S-U-N at the end instead of the typical S-O-N as son, right? Why was it changed to S-U-N? Because son, S-O-N, means loss in Japanese. In 1928, Yoshiko Akawa founded the holding company Nihon Sangyo. Now, the name Nissan was made because in the stock exchange, the abbreviation was Nissan. In 1931, Dot merged with the company called Tobata Casting, which was a Nissan company. This started Nissan's automobile manufacturing. Eventually, Nissan started spreading across Asia. Dot acquired William Gorham, the chief designer of a tractor company called Kubota. Gorham started importing parts from America through connections. Most of the machinery and processes were made or influenced by America. Nissan wouldn't be where it was at today without Gorham. Nissan started to sell globally and partnered with companies such as Austin. During the Korean War, Nissan produced cars for the U.S. Army. Once the war ended, anti-communist sentiment spread across Japan, and the workers' union was strong. They demanded higher pay. It couldn't have come at a worse time because Nissan was already started to go down financially. In 1966, Nissan merged with Prince Motor Company, who built luxury cars such as the famous Skyline. Prince eventually lost its name, and in 1999, the Nissan Red Stage replaced it. The Nissan Red Stage was eliminated in 2007. The Skyline, a car made by the Prince Motor Company, kept advancing is now the G-Series of Infinity. Now, Infinity's history. Infinity's history is pretty basic. So, Nissan started the luxury line in 1989. Infinity made the Q45, which had a four-wheel steering, active suspension, and luxury interior making it compete with high-level luxury cars such as the Mercedes S-Class and Cadillac Fleetwood. Over time, it started selling, and they started making more models to become what they are today. They did struggle a bit due to economic issues, but just like most popular companies, they pushed through. That's really it. Let's talk about the cars after this break. Today, we will be talking about the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, Altima, Leaf, and GTR. Let's get started. There is the Nissan Rogue and Nissan Rogue Sport. We will be talking about the Rogue. 
It starts at $25,490, and it has all the typical technological features that are in cars today, like automatic braking and blind spot assist, yada yada. Nothing special there. It has a 2.5 liter i4 with 170 horsepower. That's pretty low for its class, and it's not very high rated in its class. It used to be very high rated, but now it is just a typical car. I mean, you know... You'll see as we go along that Nissan has used to be a great car brand. It used to go really, it used to be very high rated in its class, but now it just hasn't updated it very much. So, in the compact SUV class, there are so many better options such as the Honda CRV or the Toyota RAV4. It does have pretty good fuel economy, over 30 miles a gallon, but is not more. It's not very powerful, so that's kind of expected. Overall, there are much better choices. If I was looking in the range for a compact SUV, it's a hard pass for me. Next, the Pathfinder. Oh, the Pathfinder is such an exceptional car. Well, that's the sarcasm, of course. It ranks almost last in its class. Again, it used to be a good car, but there have been no major changes in the past year. The cabin is dated. It's pretty unreliable, and its ride isn't as good as its competitors. It starts at $31,980 and has a 3.5 liter V6, which does make it pretty nice to go off-roading with. It has 284 horsepower and 259 pounds-feet of torque. Again, has all of the driver assistance technology, and if you're looking in uh, for this car, which I at least suggest not to, get the all-wheel drive. The 200 makes the car completely pointless because this car is better at off-roading than some of the cars in its class. There are about 20 cars better than the Pathfinder in its class. I would probably look at the Hyundai Santa Fe and the Kia Telluride. The Kia Telluride is honestly exceptional, but that was in the Hyundai and Kia episode. Both these cars are the same price as the Pathfinder, but just overall light years better. And if you really want an off-road car, definitely go with the Kia Telluride. The Kia Telluride is a fantastic car. Next, the Altima. The Altima is popular around the world. Not many cars are like that. Of course, those were its older models. Nothing has changed in the 2020 version, so cars like the Kia Optima run circles around it. There are many different trims for the Altima. It starts at $24,300. The engine ranges from a 2.5 liter i4 to a turbocharged 2 liter i4, giving horsepower from 188 to 248. The turbocharged version has some good pickup, and it still has decent fuel economy, it has, but its interior is so dull. Its rivals are so much better, and if I'm looking for a 2020 mid-sized car, I'm not looking at the Altima. However, if I'm looking for pre-owned, then of course I'm looking at the Altima, but nothing has changed. So if I'm looking for a new car, definitely go with the Kia Optima or even a Toyota Camry. Next, the Leaf. The Leaf does have a fantastic past. It was extremely popular in 2010 because it's electric and has a long range. However, now it is Dusted. It has up to 226 miles of range. It has the usual technology. Depending on your charger, the car could take from 35 hours to one hour to fully charge. So make sure to have a 440 volt charger if you want this car. 
The Leaf does have a decent reputation, but in my opinion, it is currently outdated like almost every other Nissan. It adapted 214 horsepower and 250 pounds-feet of torque, which isn't that bad. But think of it this way, the base Leaf is $31,600. You really don't get much until you go $12,000 higher. The Tesla Model 3 is $35,000 with a much higher range. I mean, and if you add all the autopilot, it's $8,000 more. Don't tell me you'd go for the Leaf. The Leaf is also ranked pretty low in its class, so the Tesla Model 3 is definitely the way to go. The final Nissan model is the GTR. Man, this car is so fast. We'll talk about the multiple trims, including the Nismo. Nismo is the higher performance version of Nissan. It's just like AMG, but just not in as many cars. AMG to Mercedes, it's just not in as many cars in Nissan. It's only in like two cars. So it starts at $113,450. Now you may be thinking over a hundred grand on a Nissan? No way. But let me show you how incredibly fast this car is, while also being one of the worst cars in its class. The thing with this car is no one buys it because it's a good or bad car. They buy it because it goes 0 to 60 in 2.9 seconds. It makes a very pleasing engine sound. Well, 2.9 seconds is the base, of course. The car is a badass car. It starts at 3.8. It's 3.8 liter turbocharged V6 with 565 horsepower and 467 pounds-feet of torque. But no one buys this base version. Like, I don't, I don't know anyone who would buy the base version. People buy the $145,000 track edition. You're looking in that range. Don't buy a base GTR. Buy a Porsche 911 Carrera, but if you want to take this to the track, go up another $30,000 more and get the track edition. This is the same car times another turbocharger. It goes 0-60 to 60 in a mere 2.7 seconds and has a top speed of 193 miles an hour. Of course you're going to take this car to the track. I mean, if I wanted to car uh, drive a car on the street without going, um, if I didn't want to go to the track or anything and I wanted a nice car, Oh, much rather get an Audi RS5 or even a, a Porsche 911 Carrera. This car is meant for the track. Now, I'm not saying the RS5 or 911 can't go on the track. I'm just saying the GTR Track Edition is for racing. Nismo is the sport line of Nissan, of course. So, the GTR Nismo. Uh, now, the Nismo. The GTR Nismo starts at $210,740. That's insane, but that comes with features you'd find in an Audi R8 or a Porsche 911 Turbo S, including the carbon ceramic brakes and 600 horsepower. I mean, of course it goes zero to 60 in 2.48 seconds and a top speed of 205 miles an hour. In all honesty, if I'm a racer, I'd buy this car over the Lamborghini Huracan, but uh, if I'm not a racer and I'd just drive on the street? I'd choose the Huracan in a heartbeat. Uh, overall, the GTR is insanely fast, but if you aren't going to take it on the track pretty regularly, don't even think about it. Now time for a break, and we'll talk about Infinity. We'll talk about 
the Q50, QX60, and QX80. There are only five models that they're selling this year, and these three are the most popular. The Q50 is not a great car in all honesty. The infotainment system is confusing, the interior styling sucks, its fuel economy is below average for its class, and it is pretty unreliable. Completely unpopular and lowering in its class. But one thing that is commendable is its nice all-wheel drive 3-liter twin-turbo V6 engine. It starts at $36,400 and goes up pretty high, more than $60,000. It has between 300 and 400 horsepower. The technology is not anything special. You know, this car used to be fantastic. But in the past few years, there hasn't been any other major changes. I would much rather get an Audi A4, which is also cheaper if I fully load it, and it is better in almost every aspect. Next is the QX60. In 2014, the QX60 was one of the best SUVs ever, with some pretty high tech, but there have been little or no changes. It's still a pretty luxurious SUV, but it has standard technology. It's a three-row, and the back doesn't have that much space. Of course, I wouldn't expect much due to the smaller size of the car. It starts at 44,350 and has a 3.5 liter V6 with 295 horsepower and 270 pounds-feet of torque. So, not that powerful. In its class, I would much rather get a Lexus RX350. It is the same price, but looks better and is more luxurious. It also has better technology, and the RX350 has been totally redesigned. Next is the QX80. This is the luxury massive 8-seater SUV with the 5.6-liter V8. It is 400 horsepower and 413 pounds-feet of torque. It is, it is extremely powerful and it is very fun to drive. It has the standard technology, but it is very comfortable. It is very low priced in its class, starting at $66,750. The rest of its cars go above a hundred grand. If I'm looking to save money, I'm going with this car. It's the cheapest in its class, and you really get what you pay for. But if you're flexible in this class, go ahead and get a Cadillac Escalade. Make sure you get the ESV. Alright, that's all folks. See you next time on Cars 101.